Praise the Lord. Welcome to the official GVPC podcast. My name is Pastor Chris Keats. I am the pastor of Gila Valley Pentecostal Church in Safford, Arizona. We're so glad to have you here listening to this podcast. We pray that it richly blesses you. And God bless you. treats. I don't think. <laughs> well, it's good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Glad for everyone that's here. Sister, your friends, uh, we're glad to have you. Amen. We're so glad you're here. Just looking around. Um, we'll get your name later, but we're, we're happy you're here. Amen. Praise the Lord. It's so good to be in the house of the Lord. Feel the presence of the Holy Ghost. Um <clears throat> We, uh, back uh, many years ago, my daughter, Sarah, this is kind of a little, I don't know, if, is anybody, okay, a little bit of a feedback here. Many years ago, my daughter, Sarah, decided she wanted to play the piano. And so she asked if she could start playing the piano. So what we did is we, uh, <clears throat> we put her in the old, in the old building that was across the street years ago, we put her in the back corner of the platform with a little keyboard and a little amplifier hooked to that keyboard. And she would play, um, and she would, uh, you know, she was the only one that could really hear herself. She had the amp turned to her, and, and my sister was playing the piano, Joel is a weird person back there. I just want y'all to know. <laughs> He's back there. Amen. Well, it's Wednesday night, but she. <laughs> so, um, um, she would play, and and she, nobody could hear her, but basically herself. And um, the thing is, is as you can tell, she. She learned how to play the piano, and she learned it from that. Well, um, my sister used to do, Brother, Brother Darrell was wondering what that is, is little bitty fans on those life jackets when they run. Amen. But uh, he's like, why is that? But um, my sister did the same thing. He says, I think she used an accordion, and she got in the back corner and played, and, or she might have done the same thing with the keyboard. I don't know. She said, she said they'd get to playing along, and she knew nobody could hear, so she just went all over with it, you know. Anyway, well, uh, we started using these these uh, these in ear monitors, so I could hear myself play really well when I played guitar. But I kind of figured probably they've got me turned down, so nobody else can hear me very well. But I guess I guess y'all can hear it today. I'm just having a good old time. <laughs> amen, amen. But that's all right. Amen. I hope that I didn't hit your ear on those, but I was having a good time just playing. Psalms 119 and 7, and I'm just going to be 
teaching on something that has been on my mind lately a lot, and I might teach more on it as we go along. And uh, Psalms 118 and 7, or 119 and 7 says, I will praise thee with the uprightness of heart when I shall have learned thy righteous judgment. I will praise thee with the up, with uprightness of heart when I shall have learned thy righteous judgment. Amen. I've been reading lately, and um, uh, I, I, I read, and I mentioned this before, but I read several chapters usually a day in the Old Testament and several chapters in the New Testament. So I've been in Leviticus and finished Romans. Uh, I've started going a lot slower than I used to, just kind of taking my time with it. But uh, um, I've been in Exodus, and, and uh, a few weeks ago I taught or preached on Exodus, the 29 chapters, and was talking about the sin offering and a variety of other things that, that uh, was all involved there. But then I got into Le Leviticus, the second chapter. Leviticus, Leviticus is one of those books that, that you just have to kind of slow down a little bit to read it um, or really speed through it, one, depending on your mood. But um, it has a lot of interesting stuff. But I immediately got into the second chapter, and it began to talk about the grain offerings or the meal offerings. It calls it the meat offering in the King James Version, but you can look at other versions that use it, the grain offering or the meal offering. And it was an offering unto God, literally a burnt offering unto God, that was did not involve the killing or the blood of any animal. It was it was a uh, it was a completely different situation. It started out in the first verse, and when any will offer a meat, or I think it would be more accurately rendered a grain or meal offering unto the Lord, his offering shall be of fine flour, and he shall pour oil upon it and put frankincense thereon. An interesting thing about this is these meal offerings were a meal or, or an offering that was unto God, and they involved a couple of more ingredients. Actually, they involved more than that, and we'll, we'll get into that as we go along. They involved oil, and they involved frankincense. An interesting fact about this was that, that you will not find oil or frankincense. Um, you will not find them used in sin offerings or in what was called jealousy offerings. They were, I'm not going to go into that. But they weren't used in those at all. Uh, you won't find the oil and you won't find the frankincense in those. You only find them in this thing that was offered up basically as a memorial and as, as a type of worship unto God was what it was. Amen. Um, and and we, use, we see them with a representation, if you will, of thanksgiving, of worship, and of praise. Oil always meant <coughs> anointing. Oil meant unity. Oil meant that there was an unction from the Holy One. First John 2 and 20 says, 27 says we have an unction from the Holy One, and you know all things. Uh, and that word unction literally means uh, a smearing on or a covering of. Uh, and the concept there is that we are anointed by the power of God. Amen. And it covers us. Uh, the Bible says uh, how beautiful it is when men dwell together, brethren dwell together in unity 
and I'm just kind of paraphrasing, but it's like the anointing oil that pours over the head of Aaron and down his beard and down his, uh, drips off the end of his clothes. And so that oil was a type of anointing. And that anointing that we have today is the powerful anointing of the Spirit of God. Amen. Amen. I am thankful for the anointing of the Holy Ghost uh, in, the, in our church. I'm thankful that God moves in our church. I have, I have stood behind the pulpit hundreds, if not thousands of times in my life. I've been preaching since I was 15 years old. Amen. I started when I was 15 years old. I don't know whether I recall what I did when I was 15 years old preaching or not. Amen. It was something. I don't know if I'd refer to it as preaching. There's a, there was a story that for many years went around the Arizona district, and it was almost reached the place of legend. Um, I, I mean, and it was when we had at camp meeting. Boy, we, this thing's just ringing like crazy. Amen. When we had a camp meeting, we would have, during the day service, we would have what was called, what they call fresh fire now, but used to we call just the young minister's day. And it was the day when the young ministers, fresh meat, they call it fresh fire, just fresh meat, you know. We're going to find out what these jokers can do. And we would get up there and we would, I don't know what I said about Satan, but since I'm here, I'll go ahead with it. Amen. We would get up there and we would make fools out of ourselves trying to preach. At 16 years old, I got up there and I thought I was going to wow the congregation. And I dropped my watermelon big time. I made such a mess of it. And there were things that happened while I was preaching. There is a there is a legend. Um, a, I think I think it was a myth that I walked off the platform and ran into the wall. Um, I don't know, but uh, um, we and people for years later, when I was a dandy, I was a slow married adult preacher. People still remember that, amen, and thought it was hilarious. But anyway, I've been preaching a long time, so I I know how it is to step to the pulpit and have a situation where they ain't a lick of anointing on me, <laughs> where I'm making an utter fool of myself. I know what it is to battle myself, battle my way through all kinds of situations, but I also know what it is. The many, many times when I have stood, not just teaching, I believe the anointing of God flows in a lot of different situations, but where the powerful anointing of God began to flow as I began to preach. Not boasting, it's just something that happens. If you preach very much, you know what I'm talking about. Amen. It begins to flow, and you can feel as the power of God flows through you and the anointing. It doesn't just happen to people who preach behind a pulpit. But I've stood there. I stood there one time. In fact, I saw the fellow did. He's not living for God. I saw him in a restaurant today. And I remember standing there one time at the door. We knocked on a door, and this woman came to the door. And she caught me by surprise with some things. And, um, and I'm like, huh? You know, I should have known better, but I didn't. And I was like, I, it's many, many years ago, but I was like, what? What, what, what are you talking about? She was pounding questions at us and, and all kinds of stuff. And I kind of like, I, I was kind of dumbfounded. I stood there, uh, you know, like an idiot listening to this woman go on and on. And this guy next to me, the guy that was with me, that fellow, no longer living for God, but the guy that was next to me, though, I watched as this man, who was at that time a young convert, that I, me and my wife had given Bible study to him and his wife, and they came to the Lord. I watched as this man 
as the anointing of God. He was not a preacher, but the anointing of God began to flow over him. And he began to not throw scriptures or anything like that, but he began to, he began to, he began to flow, amen, with, with, with the power of God. And he began to t- tell, mainly sort of like the, the man in John that said, I don't know if this, who this guy is, but what I do know was once I was blind, but now I see. And this man began to talk about how God had brought him in such a miraculous way. I can tell you the story, but it was a miraculous way, which makes the fact that he walked away from God an even sadder situation. But um, he began to tell her, and it shut the mouth of this woman up. She just, she just, she didn't have anything to say to the anointing of God that began to flow from that uh, fellow. Amen. A fascinating uh, addition to that story was that two weeks later, me and Brother Rick, I believe it was, knocked on her door again, and we had offered a Bible study before to her, and uh, and she was far, far away from anything that we believed. In fact, this woman did not even believe that Jesus was divine. She didn't. She didn't believe in the divinity of Christ. And, uh, and she, we knocked on the door again, and she opened the door, and one of the first things she said, I think I'll take that Bible study. You know why it was? It wasn't because of me. It was because the anointing that was on that man when we stood there, and it got a hold of her. My wife and I went into that home, and we began to teach her every day, every week. We taught her the Word of God, and three months later, I took her out to the river, and I baptized her in Jesus' name. She received the Holy Ghost. I'm going to tell you what, there's power in the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Oil always meant anointing. Amen. The frankincense uh, was something that gave a sweet-smelling savor. And here's something that was fascinating about frankincense. Uh, Amen. It had an odor or a savor to it, a fragrance to it. But the fragrance uh, was exacerbated or exemplified or not trying to think it was it was made bigger i'm trying to think of the word when heat was applied to it so when they put it on the fire the bible speaks of it being a sweet savor unto god there's a reason why the oil and the frankincense were not added to the sin and the jealousy offerings these offerings were not about anointing or sweet savors they were about getting things right Amen. Amen. When we come to a place of repentance, amen, it's not about pussyfooting around with God. It's about making things right with God. Let me tell you that sacrifice without obedience is useless. Endless reputations, flowery prayers, and public displays of false contrition mean nothing to God. But the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. Oh God, thou will not despise. That's why the oil and the frankincense was not in the sin, amen, and the jealousy offering. It was all about getting right with God. We get into the uh, the meal offering, and this was offerings of thanksgiving. This was offerings of praise. This was offerings of tribute. 
This was offering to the Lord. Amen. This was offering of God, you blessed us, and we're lifting you up. Amen. All and frankincense were included in that, and the frankincense was always burned toward God. Amen. There was something that was not included in that, and I'm not going to go through all the scriptures. You can go in and read the second chapter of, uh, of Leviticus. It's not a particularly long chapter. It won't take you long. But there are two things that were not included in the meal offering. Leaven was not included, or yeast, and honey was not included. And I love honey. And I love a good old roll that's got the yeast in it. You know, uh, uh, a, a good old, oh, I love. But in this situation, they were not included at all. Leaven, leaven puffs up. You ever notice that? When you put yeast in bread, it makes the, the bread rise. And we know that leaven re- represents sin. But I believe also there's something about, and the reason why it was not included in the baked bread that would be given is because there is a type of pride. Now, I've talked a lot about pride recently at times because pride is one of the most dangerous and damaging things that you will see in a church or an individual. Amen. And and. so proud. No, 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 no. I've watched women that are so proud, just as proud as any man that you could ever find. Amen. Amen. And their their pride gets between them and God. As I've said many times, the Bible says that God resisteth or pushes away the proud, but he giveth grace or draweth to him the humble. Amen. And so, so leaven would puff up the bread. It would make it rise. And, and God said, no, no, we can't have any yeast in the bread. It also tended, enough leaven will make it sour. I don't know if you've ever eaten sourdough bread, but uh, there's certain things that would cause it to do that. But we cannot have that. We're going to have the natural state of the meal here. Honey, unnaturally, I mean, it's a natural sweetener, but unnaturally sweetened things that makes it sweeter. Amen. And so the bread could not be sour or puffed up, or it could not be unnaturally sweetened. It was just what it was. When we come before God in our praise and worship, we need to come in genuineness and sincerity. No pride. Amen. No unnatural sweetness. Just here I am, God. I love you. I worship you, Lord. I'm presenting this, and it's becoming a sweet savor unto God. Our worship, amen, our worship needs to come from the very depth of our heart. Amen. I've watched people, as they begin to praise, amen, I'm not usually tied for that, but it's one of those days. You know where ties came from? My wife get on me if I use them for that, but that was where they came. They put them around, you know, like a 
uh, a bit that can come around the, 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 the throat and around the nasal and be irritated when you don't eat stuff. And after a while, somebody said, well, you got one of them nice ribs, don't you? Amen. Then you start getting skinny dibs and uh, uh, bur burberry dibs. And so, but anyway, <laughs> amen. But that's neither here nor there. But uh, but if you, if you come before God in your worship and your praise, I've watched people walk into a service and and they are depraved and they want to be a spectacle before the Lord. Now, we understand that there are times that we are made spectacles before God. I want to tell you there's a difference between what, for instance, David did and what I'm talking about. Amen. David came and he 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 basically, as he was coming with the Ark of the Covenant, he basically debased himself. He humiliated himself. He humbled himself before God. He didn't go naked as as, as we do. Worshiping the Lord because the Ark of the Covenant is coming back into the city, Amen. And so we look at that, and and and, and he he became a spectacle. Sometimes when we worship, Amen. We we take away our pride and we throw it to the side. We dance and we worship before the Lord. We don't really care who's watching because it's between us and God. We cry out, we sing, Amen. We praise, we shout. stuff, and, and we're not proud, we're just having a good time in the Lord, amen, and then there's those that walk in, uh, amen, and they want everybody to see them, oh, look at me, and see how wonderful I am, how godly I am, how spiritual I am, amen, look at what I am, how, how well I'm doing, how, how godly and spiritual, God's not interested in what you are. smart you are or how sharp you dress. I don't care if you wear, I, I wear a suit. I like, I like to wear a suit. Amen. I like it whenever people look nice when they come to church. It's great. It's wonderful. But God's really not, doesn't care if you've got expensive clothes or you don't have expensive clothes. What he's concerned about is the condition of the heart when you come before him and you begin to worship him. No pride. Amen. No pride. Being sincere and genuine. God, I need you and I love you and I worship you. Amen. I want you to have all the glory. I'm going to tell you something. Every time the people of God walk into the church of the living God, in the place where we gather, there ought to be something deep down inside of us that said, I'm going to lift him up. 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 I'm not going to lift me up. I'm not going to lift you up. I'm not going to lift the preacher up. I'm going to lift him up. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you all something. There are people who begin to worship. God begins to move. The power of the Lord begins to flow. Hallelujah. There's things that can begin to happen. 
Thank you, Jesus. There's things that can begin to happen. Amen. Coming from the bottom of my heart, pouring out worship unto him. Uh, amen. Not bound by our flesh. Not tainted by carnality. Not been distracted by the world and its toys. Uh, amen. But genuine and sincere and focused upon the Amen. Amen. We my daughter came over today and she fixed my wife and my mother-in-law's hair because see, my wife always fixes my mother-in-law's hair, but my wife's got a broken arm. So so she has to, she has to, my daughter came over, youngest daughter came over and fixed his hair. And I said, okay, I'm ready to fix my hair. My mother-in-law said, what style do you want? I said, I'll think, I think I'll take a pompadour. <laughs> but I don't think we're going there. Amen. Amen. But, but it's, 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 everybody worships in a different way. Everybody moves in a different way. Amen. And, and, but it's just good to break loose. Break loose in the way you worship, but break loose. Break through. Break forth in praise. Amen. Don't let your pride. Your ego or your flesh get in the way of worshiping God. Make sure it's sincere. It is interesting in that chapter I just want to mention this, that there's one place where honey and, and uh, 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 leaven was allowed, and that was in the 12th verse. It says, For the oblation of the first fruits ye shall offer them unto the Lord, but thou sh they shall not be burned on the altar for sweet savor. They were offered unto the Lord, but they were they would be taken in the tabernacle. They would have been sacrificed. Sometimes they were given to the poor and so on. But they were first fruits of uh, of things that they'd gotten. And honey could be put in there. The good things. It was a tithe. It was basically a tithe of thanksgiving is what it was called. And that's what they did through, I'm trying to remember Deuteronomy. I think it is. I can't remember off the top of my head. But it's a tithe, basically a tithe of the first fruits that they would take. And it was thanksgiving unto the Lord. Amen. And I want you to know some. there's always a place for thanksgiving in the worship of God. Let me say this. Our praise, our praise, long as we serve him, we should be thankful. I thank you, Lord, for your goodness. I thank you, Lord. You're a God of righteousness. You're a God of peace. You're, you're a God of provision. You're all of that sort of thing. Psalms 100, we've read it many times. says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the, that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep 
of his pastures. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. For the Lord is good and his mercy is everlasting and his truth endureth for all generations. I'm going to tell you all something, folks. We walk through the doors of this building. You say it's just a building. This is the place that God ordained to serve him and worship him. When we walk through the doors of that building, we ought to walk and enter it into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name for the Lord. Why? Because the Lord is good. We're taking our sacrifice. The Bible says we take a sacrifice of praise. We render unto him the fruit of our lips to seek his face. So what is our sacrifice of praise? It comes from him. So we come and we take this sacrifice of praise. And it's worship and thanksgiving unto him. Glorifying him. Lifting him up. Magnifying him. Amen. Amen. I don't know if any of y'all saw that thing I sent to the Guild today. Have y'all seen that? Uh, I sent it to a text message to a bunch of people. Y'all ever seen that thing on Facebook where it says, this, this, this post is, is for false information? And I put it, it said, Pastor, I'm not going to preach very long. And then it said, this is false information. Amen. <laughs> and I'm not, I'm going to close here in a minute. One more thing that is mandatory in the meal offering. Leviticus 2 and 13. And this is fascinating. And every oblation of the meat offering shalt thou season with salt. Neither shalt thou serve the salt of the covenant of thy God to be lacking from thy meat offering. With all things offering, all thine offerings thou shalt offer salt. The salt represented the covenant between God and the people of Israel. But salt represents a variety of things. Amen. The, there are specific characteristics of salt. Amen. Amen. A pure, it's pure. Salt is pure, it purifies. It makes things endure and it preserves things. There is healing in salt, interestingly so. There's healing in salt. Amen. It is valuable. In that day, salt was very, 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 very valuable, very expensive. Do you know what's fascinating? There were wars fought over spices. There were literally wars fought over spices, over the spice trade. And, uh, and, and salt was one of the main ones. And, and he said every sacrifice is going to have that binding covenant represented by salt. It's going to be pure. It's going to be enduring. It's going to be strong. It's going to have healing properties to it, and it's going to be valuable. Amen. Amen. An unchangeable, incorruptible covenant. Amen. So our worship needs to have a value to it and an element to it that is pure. I am talking to you about worship. I'm talking to you about praise. I'm not just shooting my mouth off. I'm talking to you about something that God values and God wants us to do. And God expects his people to walk in 
to his assembly with thanksgiving and praise on their lips. Amen. And when that happens, when that happens, when the people of God walk in this place, they bring forth the thanksgiving that they have prepared for God. They realize that not just the assembly together, but themselves and the manner of some is. Uh, amen. It tells us that in the Hebrews, the 10th chapter. Amen. But uh, I love you, Jesus. worship you, O oh God. I worship you, O oh God. I love you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I want to be a worshiper. Amen. One thing I need to mention, tomorrow night we usually have our bilis, our service in bilis. We will not tomorrow night because there's graduations, and uh, people are graduating, so we will not be having service in Bilas. Amen. Let's pray. In the name of Jesus, we ask you, dear Lord, your blessing will be upon those that are gathered here. Lord, let this word that you have given me not return void. God, I pray for the presence of the power of your Holy Ghost upon this gathering. Jesus, move, I pray, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. God bless you. We'll see you Sunday. Lord bless you in Jesus' name.